What's up, Black Love fam and first-time fam? Welcome to another edition of Man to Man. I'm David with Zicky. <laughs> and today, we're about to get into it with essentially one of my day ones since the college days. You also heard a lot about him on a previous podcast episode with Garnett Struther. Please go check that one out. It was very entertaining, also deep and insightful. And this man showed up in half the commentary. So <laughs> we had to bring him on board. Again, he's one of my closest friends. He is a leadership coach. He is an NLP practitioner, a hypnosis practitioner. He's also a new father, a husband, and just a great all-around soul from New York City, the one, the only, my brother from another, Brian Winston. What's up, my bro? What's good, Dave? Good to see you, brother. Likewise, likewise. You, how, how you feeling? It's so funny, man. Like the, the the all the cliches are somehow true about being a new parent. Like yeah. people say stuff, everyone's like, "Oh, get your sleep now." And I was like, "Man, whatever." Oh, yeah. but yeah, everyone was saying that, right? And, oh, yeah. it's a love like you've never know before. I, I was like, "Okay, I get it. I've been in love before." And I, like, I, but both of those things were so true. Like the sleep thing is like that's like the biggest challenge. It's real. If you can figure out how to have some sort of community, like figuring out the rotation between you and your wife, and you can have, I don't know, some people are fortunate enough to have a night nurse. Some people are fortunate enough to have their family come and visit and stay for like months and like just be their new village. Do you have that? We had her mom stay with us for the first month. But that's that was during the day. She she wasn't like a night nurse. Like she didn't stay up all night with the baby. Like during the sure, day, sure. she would help Melissa. And she would you know allow me to go to the gym and stuff like that. I think you're right. Like if you can have a community. If you can hire, if you, you have the financial means in order to hire a, a night nurse, I can see how that could be helpful. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But then you also miss out on the thing. You do. Like you do. there's a part of the challenge that you miss out on by not great like i know you're taking on other challenges your work or whatever it is and you have a night nurse but there's something you miss out on like yeah. there's something about that challenge it sucks but there's something about it that's still like it's almost like a badge of honor that you get yeah right? by going absolutely. through that absolutely and also like you wake up and it's like oh i gotta get up <laughs> out of the bed but then there's this beautiful little being staring yeah. up at you or crying yeah. and, or, and it looks a little like you and you're responsible for it and you spend that time with them feeding them and figuring things out with them that you that if you have someone else doing it you miss out on that thing yeah dude i i am totally there with you i mean i've whew, like as we're talking i'm running back those first months ananda and there were days it hurt because i was fortunate where her mom stayed with us for a month and was able to give us support and we we're going to the gym and this and that. But when she left, there was no more gym. <laughs> there was right. there was less sleep than the whole idea of when the baby sleeps, you sleep. So make sure you sleep when baby sleeps. Get your power naps in if you can, if you can, mm -hmm. again, afford to and not financially, just in terms of life and what you do in your day to day and mm -hmm. what you know your wife does in her day to day and be able to figure out from there, you know, how you and Melissa can manage, period, <laughs> period, how you both can manage. Right. Because those first those first few months are, yeah, they're challenging AF, but they're also, to your point, they're fulfilling because once you are up, once you see what you're responsible for and what being said, you two, I choose as my parents, 
And here we go. And here cut here comes a whole new new life path for you. It's a whole new perspective. It's a whole new level of love. And yeah, they're all truisms. I mean, I, I did the same thing. I said, mm, you know, we'll see when we get there. And yeah, it can't be that hard. We'll figure it out. We're organized people. We know how to manage our time. Yeah, that's all out the window. <laughs> and that just goes. But the journey and to your point, the challenges, I, I think that's where the beauty lies. As long as you can see those hard times, air quotes, as challenging, that's where you can start to appreciate. Because the next thing you may or may not have heard is the folks say they're your biggest teachers and they're your greatest teachers. And that's something where, you know, my daughter being four years old, I truly believe that. In the beginning, I was like, the only thing she's teaching me is how not to sleep and then how to sleep right. and how to like just rearrange your whole life and still be able to get through it. But right. there comes this time day by day where they start just becoming more aware. They become they get more in sync with you. I think moms feel this more. It's something mm. I was hearing a lot because that maternal love will never experience it as men. I mean, it's it's what it is. So you know, accept that, but we also get a different type of love as a result. And I think there's something special in both of those regards, but slowly but surely over time, day by day, you start growing your connection, you start seeing their personality, you start seeing them as their own person, and then they start reflecting. They re start reflecting and they start becoming this mirror and you're either going to go the path that you once knew, whether it's from your parents, right or wrong, from your parents and your parents' parents, or you say, I'm going to forge a new path. And there are certain things I'm going to do differently. There are certain things I'm going to do the same. There are certain traditions yeah. I'm going to carry on or not carry on. And then there's just you. And then it goes real granular. And then it's all about you. And what is Brian going to do now that he didn't do before? Is he going to change himself as a person for better or worse? And there are just all of these hills and mountains to climb and overcome to essentially and effectively grow and evolve. And I think if you allow them and you see it as that, as challenging as it may be through all the you know, I, I'm just now trying to get out of the uh, tantrum phase from two to two to four is like big time tantrum phase. So mark that on your calendar because <laughs> it's coming. Right. But if you can get out of the, oh, stop acting up and oh, stop and oh, behave and oh, this and that and start realizing, well, what's happening here? She's only a person. She's experiencing challenges just like you're experiencing challenges. And what would you do? How would you react? How would you want to be approached? How would you want somebody to treat you in that? Once you zoom out, and I think about life in general, once you zoom out, you can really start to see big picture. And if you take a breath or two to breathe into that and go into that, that's when things start clicking. And I think that's when the learning <laughs> the real learning for yourself from that little teacher <laughs> of yours that that you welcomed into this world, that's when it all starts clicking and it starts getting really fun and interesting. And if you allow it, you start living more presently. Again, if you allow it. Even if we slow down what you said already, we slow down what you said about what, the stage I'm at now, yeah. right? And you said, she's teaching you how not to sleep. If we just slow that down, that could be a really profound teaching there, especially me. Like I've always loved sleep. I've always been blessed <laughs> yeah. to have never had insomnia or any like sleeping challenges or anything like that. 
right? Throughout my whole life, like I get a solid, I had seven, six or seven, I get between, right? You know, but before it was I hit the bed ten thirty between ten thirty ten forty five. A bad night is eleven. I'm in the bed and I sleep almost through throughout the whole night. I may get up one moment for a bathroom break, but then I'm right back in the bed. I wake up at four thirty five thirty, right? And I never had a problem with that. And yeah. I always thought, okay, I have to be this regimented because I, I very regimented. So the whole regiment was ten thirty in the bed. I have a routine like there's like a journaling thing and a, and a mental thing I do and a prayer and meditation thing. Then I'm in the bed, wait, go to sleep, sleep six six to seven hours, four thirty, five thirty, wake up. At different points in my life, it was different times. It was sure. a thing I did from four thirty to five. Then another thing I did from five thirty to six, and then six thirty is and it was all really regimented. And I thought that I had to be this way in order to be a, you know a functioning person, in order to do well, in order to be a high performer, whatever it is you want to call yourself, yeah. and then she came along and she just said, no, nah, that's not, you don't need any of that. Right, right. Matter of fact, we're not going to have any of that. <laughs> it wasn't like you don't need any of that. It wasn't, oh, Brian, you need none of that. It was like, nah, bro, you done with that shit. Let me show you some other shit you're going to learn. Yeah, yeah. You're going to learn how to get up every two hours. You're going right. to learn that. And you're right. going to learn, <laughs> learn how to do a coaching session at 830 in the morning when you only God. slept for yeah. an hour. You're yeah. going to learn that. You, and also, you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn how not to cut corners. Mm. She taught me mm. about cutting corners mm. because you can't cut corners there. You can't put a diaper on wrong. If you do, <laughs> there's gonna be a problem. There's gonna be some <laughs> shit. There's gonna be some shit. By the yeah. way, man, I used to have a thing. <laughs> like the thing that always like really creeped me out was poop. Yeah. Something that's always really bothered me. That's the thing. Like yeah, vomit yeah. and poop are things I'm like, oh no. Like yeah. if I hear someone telling me, yeah. even when I was a kid and there was and there was a movie where someone vomited, it would really bother me. I would like <laughs> like uh, stand by me. I couldn't watch Stand By Me. Oh my me. god, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I could not watch that movie. There was that one scene where it's like that ridiculous amount of vomit. Yeah. Now as a father, Yo, she threw up so much the other day. <laughs> I'm there playing with her. Oh, look at the cute baby. And then all of a sudden, it's like the exorcist. Yeah. Right? yeah. Another yeah. time, we're here changing diapers. One of the first times I changed a diaper and projectile poop. <laughs> so now it's like, okay, Brian, you don't like poop? You don't like vomit? Well, look at this. Look what's happening yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, and, and sorry to the listeners that, that I got so graphic, but whatever. You're, grow up. Grow up. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> so it's teaching me, it's like toughness training. Yeah. So if yeah. you even break down where they're at now, it's like, no, I'm going to teach you some things. And of course, she didn't come into this world thinking, well, I'm here to teach Brian these things. But that's what I'm getting from it, man. It's from the, yeah. I think it's from the very beginning. Yeah. But even before, she was supposed to come on the 25th. And I was already planning. I was thinking, okay, she's mm. going to come around the 25th. There you go. Yep. I'm going to work until then, and I'm going to get everything wrapped up until then. And then right at that moment, I'll take off two weeks. And I was in my head, like, trying to create this structure. She came on the 12th. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know how yeah. that 25th thing? Yeah, throw it out the window. I'm coming now, yeah. brother. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how about that? How about that? How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. How about that? Yeah. Right. So it was just this constant thing about adjusting, adjusting to, and there's this thing about letting go. It's like all these mm. lessons, man, about letting yeah. go, about adjusting, yeah. about being flexible, rolling with punches, cutting corners. Like there's so many, there's so much stuff, man, that I've already learned. I know. And listen, you, she, Ananda's three or four? Four. 
four. So I know there's lots more to come, but even already, I could probably write a book about just having a seven week old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Filled with insights. They say kids are the closest thing to God. And again, to your point, there are so many things you touched upon where you have a plan, but God, however you define him, her, they as God or it, universe, et cetera, there's another plan in mind. And it's not always on your time. And like, there's just so many little gems. Even you're mentioning at seven weeks, you just learn all of these little gems. And again, if you allow it and you surrender to this process, because this is one of the biggest processes to surrender. And I've started talking about surrender a lot on this show. I've also began (laughs) giving myself that and, and, and just surrendering to more because I mean, you know, on an aside, I just, I try to take on way too much. And at some point you, you have to know your limitations. You have to surrender to said limitations. You have to give yourself self-care first before being able to provide for others. And I think there's something in that prep parenthood as well, where again, you were prepping as best as you could, right? To create the nest and, and have that safe space for her. But you have to prep yourself as well. Melissa had to prep herself as well. There is that level of prep. And again, you don't know. You don't know when it's actually going to happen, when she's actually going to come into this world. But mm-hmm. you, have to pre- you have to prep and you have to manage accordingly and you're going to have to pivot and you're just going to still have to find a way to be in that moment, right? Be ready. You know, at, at any given moment, it could happen this time, it could happen that time, but you're prepping and you're, you're, you're there and you're ready for that moment. So again, to your point, I mean, we can go on and on just on the first seven weeks of life or the first four years, but I think there's a huge, huge learning journey, lifelong, as we've described that, that really comes out of this thing called parenthood. And to that end, with you being a dad, there's a question I bring up on this podcast and you particular in being a girl dad, I'm always curious, a girl dad's response to this question. What does masculinity mean to you? Question one, that's our blue check certified man to man, get you approved here as part of the, the man to man movement. But then I'd love the mm-hmm. follow-up question. How do you then articulate and emulate said masculinity to your daughter? Or, or have yeah. you even thought about that? So the thing that immediately comes up, and I'm realizing that this is like my programming, and my programming comes from my dad, my programming comes from society, my programming comes from yeah, my dad's society, you know, media, and yeah. I guess my first, my first response is I realize it does come from my programming. That's that's protector provider, right? My programming tells me protector provider, make sure that she stays safe, as safe as possible, and I make sure that she stays fed. And I make sure she stays clothed. And I make sure she has a roof over her head. That's the first thing. That's like, and to me, that's baseline, right? Sure. That's baseline. If you're not doing that, then there's a real challenge that you need mm. to look in at if you are not protecting, providing. But then on top of that, I am her first example of what or what men are. So it's to be a loving, it's to be a loving example, a loving, caring example. And it may even be that as her example, maybe it's also taking on and showing qualities that are traditionally feminine. Maybe that's even what I want to show her, like the, the, the qualities that, that are traditionally feminine. I know we're starting, we're in a time now where we're 
debating about what is masculine and what is feminine and what is man and what is woman. I know that we're debating about these things, but traditionally, what is, you know, what is male and what is female, not even man and woman. We know the difference between the two, right? That, that there's masculine and feminine, like the poles, right? And sure. then there's this man and woman, which are, which are, are how, you know, our genitalia, sure. right? Sure. So there's some overlap, but they're not always the same thing. Right. right. Yeah. Well, so I agree with that. Yes. You could be the man in a relationship and playing a, a, a feminine role. You could be a woman in a relationship and play a masculine role. It's like, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So for my daughter, maybe for me to show, it's okay for me to be, to, to have emotion, to share emotion. Maybe that's what's best for her. Right. Maybe it's, maybe it's for me to be vulnerable in front of her. So I don't know. I guess, I, I guess all that to wrap up this is a long winded answer. And I apologize for the long winded answer. David. No, no. Say, some of the things all. are more traditional, like provider, protector, and other things are a little bit more nuanced, I guess I should say, about what it is to be her her first example of manhood. Let me ask you for you. So we're working backwards. So effectively, you answered how you're going to show up for her or look to, try to look to. But in this day and time, what does masculinity mean to Brian Winston? Like, what is... when? that word is thrown around. And I know there's a lot of things that are associated with it. But for you, how do you embody it? What does it represent for you today? I don't even know, man. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> so for, for me, it's, you know, it's, it's protector provider, right? That's the, that's the basis of it. But it seems like that the feminine is not protective provider too. That the mom is not protective provider too. That mama bear isn't a thing. Like, I don't right. know, bro. Like, right. I don't even know. I don't even know. Like I know I I know what I think and what I've been programmed with, but I don't even know if that's even that's being challenged. And I don't even, and yeah. I don't think it's wrong to be challenged. Right. 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 Um, I think that one that the even more important. I shouldn't say important, but another conversation is what does adulthood mean? Like, Let's go what does there. it mean to be yeah. an adult? Let's right? go there. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Because I think that there is. I think that especially in the times now, there's lots of overlap in what what man what's manhood and what's womanhood. But what's adulthood? Yeah. Like, to me, adulthood is showing up. Like, show up for your kids, man. Be present for your kids, man. Like, take care of the person who is your partner. Take care of mm. yourself. Be able to say yes and be able to say no, mm. right? Yeah. Improve yourself, right? Show up for the world in a way that's that lights you up. Like, mm. don't just have a job. Have a career that you care about, you give a shit about. Maybe some of those things are masculinity, but I don't know. That's, that's to me... That's what adulthood is. No, I dig that. I'm a fan. So look, there was no pressure to that question. Maybe I should have said that at first to like ease you a little bit, but <laughs> there's no pressure to that answer. No two men have ever answered that question right. It's like a snowflake. And that's why I really enjoy asking that question on this podcast, yeah. usually at the top, because no one's ever said the same thing. And that's, to me, the beauty of this whole new conversation and this whole new revelation for men in general is when you think about it in this modern day and time, it's not just, it's more than just X. It's more than what they once knew from their dad. It's more than once they once knew, to your point, programmed. And I love that you use that term programmed because we are programmed by society. The moment we step outside, if we're not programmed by our parents and they're leading us in a, in a certain way, and maybe they're programming us in a certain way. I mean, I, I feel that was the case for me in, in a lot of different yeah. areas of my life, right? So that programming and then that unlearning and the relearning as yourself 
to get to even get to that point, I think is a conversation. We couldn't have had this conversation back in the 50s. They were just, what are you talking about? You know what it is to be a man. You know what masculinity is. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like we we could already project back. We knew what masculinity was then, but now there are a lot more, thankfully, ideas and conversations. And even to your point, like, why don't we go to adulthood? Because I, we, it seems, and I know we do just on a personal note, we share certain ideas about this masculine feminine energy. Like for me, I said this previously, I think all of us have it. However you label yourself from a gender perspective, we all have masculine and feminine energy. They are both there for certain reasons. They are both there to empower, just like you were saying, like this mama bear energy. There is strength in divine feminine energy, there is strength in masculine energy. There is sensitivity in both as well, but the approaches are different. The energy is different. This whole thing from my POV in the grand scheme, we are all exchanging energy in some form or another as a society, as a global society, as a universe. So again, the zoom out, it's just all energy exchange anyway. So it's just a matter of what are you tapping more into Mm-hmm. On a day to day, in terms of a conversation, adulting, you know, <laughs> the new thing. Yeah. Well, what is adulting? Like, what is that? Why are, why are we even right. defining that? You know, right. um, and you brought that up that, you know, this whole idea of adulthood, like, what is that thing? And you, you know, you, you touched on certain things that I want to kind of segue into this too, because some of the things you were talking about to be a better person and, and just, how to be a great human and raise great humans in this world, I think falls in line with what you do now currently as a leadership coach. And I, you know, I know you work with some big top performers who are now performing even better thanks to your coachings. But I also believe those ideas, the training, what you're providing can work in any area of life. Like for me, again, with this energy exchange, I think it all comes down to learning how to have a relationship with another human being, having a relationship first and foremost with yourself, because that's the most important relationship. But relationship, whether it's, again, friendship, family, the family that you create over the course of your life, business mm-hmm. as you teach, and I want to dig into that into a second, I would love to understand what is your approach when you go into your leadership coaching? What are these qualities? What are these elements and, and essence of being better and performing better and being greater? Because I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah. One more thing that just came up. I just please, wanted to share please. before we go into this about the whole masculine thing. It just mm-hmm. came up just now. Do you remember the movie Tom Hanks? It was Mr. Oh, the, Mr. Mom? Yeah. 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 Remember yeah. That movie, Mr. Mom? Yeah. Right. Where he, I'm not sure what the premise was, but for some reason he had to take on all the quote feminine duties of the house. And he Wait, had to take, Mr. Mom. take care of the kids and stuff. Mr. Hold Mom. On. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to yeah. knock your Wait, IMDb man. cred, but it's, it's not Tom Hanks. Who is it? Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was Mr. Mom, not Tom Hanks? Not Tom Hanks. Oh, interesting. I guess back, if I think about it, if you think back about the 80s, they're the same person in my, in my brain. <laughs> in the 80s. There were a few they, actors that were the same person. They yeah. it off as two people when that 1990 hit, but before yeah. that, they were the exact same person. So yeah, yeah, Michael Keaton. Fair. Michael Keaton. They even look alike. And then we think about, oh, <laughs> not we really. think about um, yeah. uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Right? And he had to dress up, he had to like dress up like that old woman. Yeah. Right? To me, that almost shows like masculinity. Like you stepped up for your family. In both mm. those situations, you mm. like stepped up. 
like, yeah, you dressed up as a old woman, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Weird voice. And, you yeah. know, and the other guy was doing feminine things. To me, that actually is a sign of masculinity. Like, you really, you really stepped up. You did what there you had to do to, to be with your family, provide for your family. So there's so it's like so weird what we describe as masculine and feminine. Just that, just that came up for me. I just wanted to share that with you. But no, then we talk it. about coaching. Oh yeah. man, bro, now you're lit I love up. What I, I know you do. <laughs> I love. What I know I do, you do. Man. I love what I do. I love who I do it with. When I do it well, it's fun and easy. Because it's not really about me teaching anything to anybody, like directly. It's not like, okay, this is what you got to do, high performer. It's not like that. It's like, you know, my approach is, okay, let's talk. And let's let the conversation be about what you want. Let's try to hold Mm. it there as long as we can about what you want and what you want to create. And it may sound simple, but holding someone, holding the space for someone to have that conversation and to speak it out loud is one of the most valuable things that you could do because most people won't allow you. Most people won't allow it. You think about right. if you have a problem and come to one of your friends and he's not a he's not a coach or he's not using his coaching skills. He's going to give you his perspective. He's going to give you some advice from his mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. and that could be super helpful. You know, we've all gotten great advice. We've all gotten shitty advice in our lives. But how often do you come to someone? You start to share your ideas, and they just listen. They just listen. They just listen and get super curious. And really try to connect and understand what you are saying. Yeah. And everything they're doing is there. The conversation is not about them. The conversation is 100% about you and what you need. And they're really doing all they can to listen and understand you and clarify what they're hearing. Most people aren't going to do that. So that makes that conversation really, really, really valuable. And you don't have to be a coach to do it. I think successful people in all fields understand the 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 value of really listening and understanding another person and i love i love what i just love what i do man i mean to me it's you know we we can talk about god different people have different understandings of what god is you know we read all these books and they all have different opinions on what god is or is not but i think it's god's work what i'm doing i think i'm Hmm. really doing what i'm supposed to be doing i think i'm really i've never been as good as something as i am as good at this and when i again when i do it well it's not about me it's about the yeah. other person shining through a conversation. All right. I have two questions for you. One, you say when you do it well. So what's the difference between mm-hmm. you not doing it well? When do you realize that you haven't done it well? Is it because you are trying to get to your own end, like your own means to an end? Is it because you have a preconceived, ah, I know what this person's challenge is and I have the solution. I'm just going to get to the solution. Do you find yourself right. getting into that human nature right. or is it something else? Because I would love to just understand, you've said that a few times where you're like, when I do it well. So what is doing it well for you? How do you arrive there? When, um, how do I know when I haven't done it well? I haven't done it well when it's hard. If I have, if I, if I have a coaching session, I think that coaching session, that was hard. That was a rough one. Then I know that I didn't. It's not supposed. To, it's not supposed to be hard. It can be a challenge, but hard is not the word I want to. I want to mm-hmm. use. And I also know, and I end up there when I think I have the answer, and I'm giving someone, and I'm get, I'm here. I've created a hierarchy where I'm up here, and I know the answer, and you yeah. down there, you don't know the answer, and I'm going to bless yeah. you with this answer. And then it no. becomes about me. So as yeah. soon as the conversation becomes about me and me blessing someone. Then I'm out of integrity. I'm out of and listen. Sometimes, sometimes I'll I'll say to a client, you know what? I have an idea about this, and I really would like to share with you. Or would you mind if I give you my perspective on this? I think I have something a perspective I'd like to share. It could be right, it could be wrong, but it's something that's coming up for me, and I really want to share. I, I want to share it with you, right? I'll do that. 
but then it's always in service of the other person. If it's in yeah. service of me, then it's a shitty session. Yeah. I fail. Look, I feel the same with this podcast. We've had some impromptu sessions here on myself and just in general where, yeah, if I am just trying to get to the, oh, I know where you're trying to get. I know where this podcast is going to go. I know where this conversation is going to go. And you know, I've been told this by my super producer, Crystal, as well. If I try to get to that end result, I miss out on the conversation. And I think the beauty of this podcast, when it really resonates for people, when we get the amazing feedback on social media or in the comments or the reviews, whatever the case may be, it's always, and thankfully it's most of the time, where I can keep myself here and present. I got a new keychain and I engraved it with be here now as a reminder to it's one of my anchors to stay present it's from ram das being clear on what you want mm. get clear on what you want what you really want like having clear goals or aims if you want to call them or uh, a mission if you want to call it vision and knowing what that is once you're clear on that then it starts to be really clear what's going to get you there it starts to get more you start to sense have a sense especially if what you're aiming at has an emotional life to it. Once it has an emotional life, you know, you'll know if you really check in with your feelings, if you really check in with that, you know whether you're on path or you're you're not you're not on path. Saying no to things is important. Of course, it's just as important as saying yes to things. So and again, you're helped when you know where you're going. You know what you know you know what you really want. That's that's how it's helpful. And also just embracing, I think for you, it sounds like embracing the fact that the list is not a list that you, that, 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 that's over. It's not something that ends. It's, it's a list. It's a list. And on this list, I put things that I want to get done. And, and letting go of the expectation that I'm going to one day have an empty list. So that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it is saying, okay, I have a finite list. On my list, I have five things or seven things or 10 things on my list. That's how many things I put on my list. And I finished that list. Just doing it that way. So you either come to the point where you're like, you know what? This list is a never ending list. And it just that's just is what it is. This is where I put my thoughts. This is where I put the things that I'm gonna that I'm gonna do. It's almost like a ticker tape, it doesn't end. Or you say, I have a finite list of things that I will do today. And outside of that list, you know, it's debatable whether something else is gonna get on get on get on that list. Mm-hmm. Leave it like that. So it's up to it's up to us to decide, you know, you could all these books I'm reading and stuff, everyone has a different perspective but in the end of the day you got to figure out what works best for you sure um, sure that's what i would say and it sounds like for you you're very clear that list is not going to end right yeah. you're also very clear on some of the tendencies that you've had and you're also clear on what's been distracting to you so it's, it's helpful to know what your tendency has been and what's been distracting for you because then you start to you can put that on another list of things i don't do or things that i limit or right. the way that i was showing up and then you may also want to get clear with, okay, that's how I was showing up. So what do I want to do in place of that? Right. So there's mm. a few different ways, mm. things that you can do there, you know, and it sounds like, again, it just sounds like you're clear on what your obstacles are. And you're also clear that this could be something that can improve for you. And that's, that's, that's helpful to even just have that realization. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So it's, it's you know, everybody else, it's a work in progress. And I feel sometimes I don't know, maybe you feel this way that, you know, there's this there's this saying sometimes with therapists, they're better at giving advice to others than taking it themselves. So, you know, I, I don't know if you feel this way with coaching because I feel this way at times with this podcast where 
you know, I, I, I come away with, you know, I selfishly love this podcast because I'm always learning. I'm always learning from every single person that gets, gets on the mic with me. There are things that I just have not had a perspective on before. And then it's just something new. And even right now, I, I mean, as long as we've known each other, there's something that I now know and, you know, appreciate about you and like even even what you do in coaching i i just feel like you know i know most of this conversation was on some different things but again i let the conversation go we let the conversation go where it flows and this is where it flowed but i'd love to get you back on get a part 2 about the coaching itself and really dig into the coaching i really want to talk about nlp i really want to talk about hypnosis and would love to do that So, because I'd love to share with the audience things that you have learned from teaching high performers, what you do to amplify said high performances to reach even higher, these other nuances and and understandings that you have, again, hypnosis, like, huh? So I I really want to dig into this. I really, neuro-linguistic programming, that's my jam. We're going to do it again. And that's why you're my boy. And that's why I could talk to you forever. But we have a cutoff time. I want to be mindful. Is there anything you want to let the people know before we drop? www.brianwinstoncoaching.com. If anything that was said here resonates with you and you'd love to spend a little time, I'd love to talk to you. If there's something you're working on, something that may be challenging you, if you have a team and that team is not living up to Mm. its potential or if you are finding that in leadership it's hard and it's the way you're doing it is unsustainable, I'd love to talk to you about what's going on. And it's Brian That's with the Y. B R Y A N W I N S T O N C O A C H I N G dot com. That Rutgers uh, degree really came in handy there. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, check him there. You can also check him out on Instagram, B M A R C Winston. On the gram, he's posting some great books, quotes, insights, personal life, all the things. Make sure to check him out there. Brian, again, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, brother. And your growth and sharing what you've grown. And we're going to do a part two again. We will talk about this. In the meantime, in between time, fam, make sure to tell another brother, king or queen about Man to Man so we can keep these conversations going. If this resonated with you, Drop us the five stars, leave some comments, leave us reviews. It really helps us bring folks like my brother Brian and all the other men you've been hearing so far in these type of convos to really advance the culture and keep this man-to-man movement going. You want to hear somebody on man-to-man that you have in mind, connect with me on Instagram, W-A-S-I-C-K-I. Till next week, peace, love, and wellness. Peace, y'all.